This is Smart Women, Smart Power, a podcast that features conversations with some of the world's most powerful women. The national defense strategy really focuses us on near-peer competitors. The U.S. government, in fact, increased its contribution to WFP in order to assist. Everything that we do in space, a lot of it can be applied to our life on Earth. We feature women who are breaking barriers and shaping the future of foreign policy, national security, international business, and development. I'm Beverly Kirk, the director of the Smart Women, Smart Power Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. The city of Strasbourg on lockdown. A gunman opened fire around 8 p.m. near the city's famous Christmas market. Last December, a deadly night attack on one of France's most popular Christmas markets shook a country that's increasingly wrestling with the threat of terrorism and homegrown radicalization. Muriel Dominic, who is the Secretary General of the French government's Interministerial Committee for the Prevention of Delinquency and Radicalization, is tasked with devising strategies to confront these threats from the core. We had an opportunity to sit down with Muriel last October about her agency's national plan to counter radicalization, an increasingly important endeavor for France. Muriel, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Your agency came out recently with the Prevent to Protect National Plan to Counter Radicalization, and there are five main themes aimed at refocusing France's policy of prevention. Can you walk us through those five themes and tell us how they're expected to have an impact? Right. You know, France learned in pain of the terrorist threat and radicalization threat. Uh, Radicalization understood as everything that connects extremism, be it religious or anything else. So that connects uh, extremism with a possible turn to violence. Um, We've had since 2015, we've had 250 that were left dead uh, by radical Islamism. This plan, Prevent to Protect, is actually the first one that directly uh, targets uh, radicalization and the prevention of radicalization. So it's not the law enforcement counterterrorism part, it's the more preventive part. And it's meant to cover a whole of government and whole of society uh, spectrum from school to prison. Hence the five dimensions, shielding individuals from radicalization, widening the detection and prevention network, understanding and preparing for developments in radicalization, training local stakeholders and assessing um, practices, and also the fifth and most difficult part, tailoring these engagement schemes. Why is it the most difficult? Well, I guess um, de-radicalization as disengagement would be understood uh, by some uh, raised expectations, unrealistic to a certain extent, um, especially in France uh, after so many people were killed and 
the whole of the French society uh, mobilized. Uh, it was four million people in the streets on the 11th of January 2015. And that sort of uh, raised um, expectations that, you know, we could actually deprogram and reprogram individuals, de-radicalize them in a way that would protect the society. And while uh, the aspiration to end uh, violence was only legitimate, um, the fantasy that uh, you can reprogram individuals like uh, a hardware uh, is simply not realistic. Uh, so de-radicalization understood as the deprogramming and reprogramming of individuals simply is not feasible. It's more prevention and 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 disengagement uh, that believe we believe are realistic. So uh, disengagement clearly comes as the most difficult part once people have like crossed the bridge, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, how do we how do we handle them in jail and then after jail? Some people will you know some will leave uh, prisons, so uh, uh, that's ahead of us, and it's very much our priority for the moment. I jumped over the order here because you are trying to catch people before they are ever radicalized. That right. is something that you have put a lot of emphasis on. You want to make sure younger people don't succumb to the lure of narratives that would get them to engage with people right. who want to radicalize them. Right. That takes uh, uh, early awareness of those people that are vulnerable to radicalize uh, it takes detection, uh, not only at school, and the, the, the school system uh, in France is now on board in terms of uh, reporting uh, individuals uh, that are vulnerable to radicalization. Uh, we also need to extend detection to public administrations, uh, higher education, business, and sports. Sports, obviously, uh, especially uh, martial arts, mm -hmm. um, some combat uh, like MMA mm -hmm. or, or disciplines like that, or uh, uh, especially or specifically targeted. Uh, we need very much in the judo uh, way to uh, uh, turn uh, vulnerability into a preventive response mm -hmm. and use the values of sports as part of a positive counter-messaging while acknowledging that the sports sector is specifically targeted and we need to develop a specific reporting uh, mechanism in, in the sports world. How are you working with private schools or here in the United States, uh, there is a growing number of people who homeschool their children. And I don't know if that's the case in France, but are you working on that end as well as in the public school system to try to identify people who might be at risk? Why respecting uh, the freedom of instruction, uh, of education, uh, it's called in, in, in France, uh, we will be better uh, protecting the society from uh, the rise of separatism mm -hmm. uh, from certain parts of the Salafist movements. And we will be better controlling uh, homeschooling and, uh, uh, and private schools in order to protect uh, against the development of um, separatism 
and uh, anything that provides for uh, religious absolutism. Mm-hmm. Like the religious law prevailing on the civil law is something that uh, uh, paves the ground for further uh, radicalization and, and terrorism. And we need uh, a head of this phenomenon developing mm-hmm. to uh, identify issues and better control this in the interest mm-hmm. of uh, uh, the society and uh, uh, individuals. How difficult is it to identify those who may be at risk, particularly young people who they're always on their phones, they're always connected to the internet, and it's hard to know at all times what they may be reading or watching. Hence the need to uh, mobilize the whole of society um, in in this. This is not to turn everyone into uh, the police. Police people, um, the police simply is not interested. Um, they don't need to get uh, reports from uh, everyone on everyone. What they need is to uh, uh, get citizens to a better level of uh, uh, awareness. That takes a massive training of uh, public agents. Uh, but also field actors in those sectors that are the most targeted, like sports, for example. Um, we have trained uh, 27,000 uh, field actors uh, so far. Uh, we are continuing to do so. As I am speaking, uh, it's a, a two-day session is finishing uh, with my people back in, uh, uh, in in Paris. We have another one next month. Uh, there are uh, sessions uh, uh, locally across the French territory. Um, training is key if we are to empower uh, captors uh, on the ground. Again, uh, it doesn't take people to turn into police, into the police, but it takes awareness um, in terms of weak signals mm-hmm. uh, and strong signals. Uh, mainly, uh, you know, if your neighbor, like to be very concrete, if your neighbor converted to Islam and she wears a headscarf, we don't care. Uh, that's fine, you know. Um, it's if uh, she um, changed uh, brutally um, her um, social habits. Um, you believe uh, uh, she suddenly uh, uh, lives as a, a very rigorous uh, uh, Muslim, and at the same time she excluded everything from her previous uh, habits, like listening to music, uh, uh, drawings. Uh, she would divide the world into infidels and uh, uh, and authentic mus- Muslims, and. Uh, once we have reports, you know, we would look at the, her social um, media uh, pages and everything. And if it so comes that she's in contact with uh, uh, those people that, you know, circulate uh, propaganda, then we will take it seriously. So, again, I mean, it's nothing of stigmatization uh, on people that either convert or, uh, you know, were always uh, Muslims, practicing Muslims. It's everything in their social habits that indicate a rupture uh, from the main uh, stream social order and possible turn to violence.
I wanted to follow up on that. How are you working with the Muslim community in Paris and in other parts of France on this plan? What has been the reaction to the things that you just described? We don't speak in France. We we have no ethnic polling and we have no communities in the sense that no one would identify themselves as the Muslim part of a member of the Muslim community. There's only one uh, national community. And, you know, I'm referring to this debate Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, the French team won the football cup. But our French ambassador, you know, reacted to assumption that the French team had been an African team. It was Africans that uh, actually uh, uh, won the football cup. And our ambassador and and the rest of uh, French people back home insisted that, you know, we are all French and the the football players identify themselves as uh, French first and foremost, uh, regardless of, you know, their origins and everything. So those that identify uh, uh, as as Muslims, I insist, belong to uh, uh, the national uh, community um, and should not uh, be asked to apologize in the name of the Muslim community for those that uh, kill in the name of Islam. Are you working with imams or, or right, people we do, we do. who identify um, as Muslim on the plan and how to right. enact it? We do. We engage uh, field actors that work as uh, either chaplains in prisons. Um, and of course, the prison side is, uh, is key, but also imams uh, in uh, NGOs. And there's also people that identify themselves as, uh, as Muslims that are very vocal on the social media. And uh, uh, we would encourage that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, books coming out on uh, uh, you know vocal um, uh, Muslims that uh, engage their their uh, fellow um, in in religion to um, privilege understandings of uh, uh, the Muslim faith uh, that is completely compatible uh, with uh, those democratic values that we believe in, um, equality between men and women, uh, equality between uh, different uh, people of different origins, uh, mm-hmm. different faiths, different religions. Um, so we, we, we do engage those people and we're happy that they 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 come on board. Um, we also, um, as uh, the French uh, authorities, welcome the initiative by different religious um, uh, organizations to develop a university of religions uh, within uh, Sciences Po, which mm-hmm. is the elite training mm-hmm. uh, school university in Paris, right? That people sometimes see as the fortress of, uh, you know, French values, including secularism and everything. Well, to uh, a lot of people's surprise, uh, we developed at Sciences Po, I mean, thanks to uh, uh, this initiative by uh, different religious organizations, we developed a, a, a specific curriculum of religion. It's the third prom. It's going to be the third prom this year. It's called Emuna. And they, they gather uh, people of, uh, you know, Muslim faith, uh, Protestant, uh, Jews, Orthodox, Buddhists, um, and they even were hosted by the Pope. 
uh, last June, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think it would be very interesting to have them come over to the uh, United States and and talk of uh, interreligious dialogue and mm-hmm. and you know secularism in the French context, allowing um, interreligious dialogue. One final question for you: uh, the the plan touches on the threat of homegrown terrorism in France, and it uh, it's still remaining a reality. Uh, it, how does it compare with other countries in Europe? Um, the threat uh, very much compares with uh, the situation in other countries. You know, some, including here in Washington, would argue like uh, three years ago or something that, uh, you know, radicalization had a French speaking dimension. Uh, you know, some people would say, you know, it's in French-speaking countries that uh, radicalization developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belgium, France, uh, uh, Quebec, uh, Tunisia, uh, whatever. Uh, well, sadly, it came out that uh, other countries were attacked. Uh, Germany, the UK, Sweden, Finland, Denmark. I mean, countries that uh, have different uh, internal organizations mm-hmm. and different foreign policies, different uh, histories uh, with no um, history of colonization and everything. So I think we're simply uh, targeted uh, as the French by jihadists, like other countries. Of course, uh, you asked on uh, European countries, but this country, the United States, was targeted uh, as well. And uh, we need to learn from one another in our preventive responses. In this plan, prevent to protect, we took a lot from the Danish experimentation in areas of uh, an individual follow-up of uh, um, radicalized youth uh, based on a pluridisciplinary approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the two things, you know, individual uh, management and pluridisciplinary, educational, um, uh, social, and also with a, um, a, a, a religious um, uh, reference. So we took a lot from uh, the, the Danes uh, mm-hmm. in this respect. We also took a lot from the Brits in uh, encouraging uh, civil society counter-messaging, mm-hmm. um, including from people that call, you know, that identify as uh, um, uh, as Muslims. So, uh, uh, yes, we, we confronted with the uh, same sort of uh, uh, challenges we, we need to take from one another. Well, practices. it's very important work that you're doing, and I want to thank you for being with us Thanks, here Beverly, today. For me. And thank you all for joining us. Thanks for being here. We want to let you know that the next Smart Women Smart Power event is on Wednesday, January 30th at 5.30 p.m. at CSIS headquarters in Washington, where we'll host former Kosovo president Itafeta Yayaga. We hope to see you there. Subscribe to the Smart Women Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to good content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. Thanks for listening. See you next time.